Welcome to the Fod Eater Fod Path. <laughs> hey everybody, it's Froth here, Thought Eater Podcast and Blog. I hope you are doing well. Happy Hump Day. Thank you very much for listening. Yeah, still a little off my game, so I normally put these out first thing in the morning, but uh, I had to wait a little bit later in the day for this, but it's here, it's on hump day, so rain, sleet, or snow, it's coming out, uh, and I say that, but it's not going to be out next week, next week I'll be off, so, but that'll give me hopefully some time to recharge my batteries a little bit, (laughs) and I already am giving... The Triple M podcast, some fuel that satirizes the froth programs pretty regularly. Um, but anyway, it, you know, it's hump day. So if you've never listened to the show before, the basic idea, hump day blogorama. I'm trying to push the, push the blogs on people, push the RPG blogs on people. And so I'm trying to highlight what's coming out every week, you know, and uh, it, it's a steady stream of awesome stuff. My blog rolls up to 800 at this point and, you know, every week you blink and you miss it. It's just constant cool stuff coming out. So the whole idea is I'm trying to highlight some stuff that jumped out at me, uh, talk about it a little bit on the podcast. And then over at the Thought Eater blog, all the links that I discuss, I've got the links up for you so you can, you can find it. You know, if you're going and checking this stuff out, make sure you leave a comment for the bloggers, you know, let them know you're checking it out. A lot of times people feel like they're just kind of you know, shouting out of the window or shouting into the void. I think there's actually a blog. There is one it's called shouting, uh, shouting in the void or something like that. So let people know you're checking it out. It, it kind of boosts people up. And that's kind of the idea of the show. Give people a boost. Um, so you can Google for the thought eater blog or follow links from the podcast notes or it's uh, froth soft froth S O F D and D dot If you don't already have a bookmark, uh, bookmarked, so yeah, um, one thing I wanted to say during the intro, I wanted to congratulate um, fellow legendary anchorite Larry Hamilton of the Follow Me and Die podcast, blog, YouTube channel, you know, media conglomerate. Uh, just celebrate, celebrated uh, 10 years, um, the 10 year anniversary of, of his blog. And uh, so I've got a link up there um, on the Thought Eater blog of his uh, post uh, 10 years of RPG blogging. That's a big milestone, um, even though I know Larry, like, like many of us, maybe fluctuated a little bit over time. And, you know, certainly for me, uh, Google Plus kind of took the place of, of blogging. Uh, I think there was just one year where I just did one post the whole year, for example. I'm almost, in fact, maybe by the end of this year, I'll have blogged more this year than I did all the other, you know, like eight years of my blog combined. So... But uh, Larry's been putting out some stuff uh, on drive-through for folks. Like I say, doing the podcast, YouTube, everything else. Um, so just wanted to congratulate Larry Hamilton on ten years of blogging. Quite a milestone. So congrats to you, Larry. We are going to get into some some call-ins, and uh, before I do that, I also wanted to mention. You know, Anchor is awesome. I love Anchor. I will always plug it to people, but the app has not been cooperating with me. And every time I try to leave a message, it just eats it and says retry. I used to be able to get it to work by like restarting the app, kind of the equivalent of uh, blowing on your Nintendo old Nintendo cartridge or whatever, and it somehow worked. You know, I've tried blowing in the uh, Anchor app, and it ain't working. And uh, no matter what I do. 
Liren from Updates from the Middle of Nowhere gave me a tip uh, on maybe just using a different link to get in to, to message people. I'm going to try that. But, you know, to these other folks, uh, I think they've said radio silence from me. I'm listening to y'all's podcast. I'm trying to click like on them so y'all know I'm listening. But I've had a, a heck of a time uh, trying to leave messages. Very frustrating because that is the really the, the one of the main pulls of Anchor. I'd resisted updating the app because the previous updates seemed to make the problem worse, but uh, maybe I'll I'll update it and just see what I can do. But anyway, I just wanted to let folks know I'm listening to podcasts. I just feel like uh, I can't, uh, I'm unable to comment. And uh, sometimes people just send me messages, you know, that aren't really designed to be put on shows. And uh, I'm unable to comment back to those. Um, so we'll see what happens. I got to figure out the trick, you know, because uh, blowing in the Nintendo ain't working. Anyway, let's get to some call-ins. I'll be right back. Froth, it's Rob from Down in a Heap. I, I, I can't believe that you continue to push this free content down everyone's throat. You're ruining the hobby. I'm just beside myself. I, I can't believe you continue to do this. Because, you know, it's taken away from people looking at my free content. I said good day, sir. Rob C. there. Um, yeah, you know, I feel dirty every time I do this dang show. Because I know by bringing, you know, and all these bloggers, I don't know how they live with themselves with this constant free content, you know, and sharing stuff just out of the pure love of the game, you know, where do they get off? I mean, at least, you know, if your blog isn't monetized, you know, like I say, I, I just, it's all, you know, they claim to love the hobby, but then they go with their free highfalutin free content and Hey, look at me. I'm sharing stuff. I'm sharing stuff that I just, you know, just out of sheer love of the game. And, and here you go. Maybe you can use this in your game. No, thanks. If I don't have to pay out the nose for it, I don't want to use it in my game. But yeah, you know, it's me. I'm trying to, you know, I don't know what else to say. <laughs> hey, Frost, this is Jim. Uh, glad to see you're back. I got worried. Last week when you missed a Tuesday, um, but then you popped up for Wednesday, the game day, game bloggerama. Um, so I'm looking forward to tomorrow morning when I wake up, go in, wake up at just about five, go into the bookstore, shelving books and listening. I'm saving your Tuesday top three and your bloggerama for tomorrow. Later, uh, take care and glad you're doing all right. Bye. Mr. Yoder there, and uh, I wanted to thank you uh, for listening to my shows. And uh, yeah, 
I even missed one of your messages with the Anchor app thing. I've, I've had to try to start filing these away as I get email notifications and everything. So I hope you didn't listen to that uh, Top 3 Tuesday prior to me re-editing, clumsily editing your, your call, uh, your James Bond call into there. And uh, as far as my future schedule goes um with my daughter going back to school and everything i'm gonna have to do something about my the way that i've got it set up with a tuesday wednesday back to back because those two shows like you know none of this is super hard work but it's time consuming um especially the hump day bloggerama because it's kind of an always on thing i'm always you know i can't take a couple days off or I'll, i'll miss out on stuff you know, through the week and I won't have enough really to put together a good show for y'all. So, but I mean, I, I love reading the blogs anyway. So it's, it's kind of ridiculous. You know, you think about what some people in this world are going through to, to even call call this work. And so it's, 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 I'm, I'm almost ashamed of myself to even frame it that way. But the reality of, of things, it, the, the way it, it all comes down to just time. And, uh, I'm going to have to be working closer with my, daughter uh with her schoolwork this year uh and there's more and more things i need to do so i'm gonna i'm i also feel an obligation to to listeners and people backing me on patreon and just myself really to to continue to push out as much content as i possibly can at the same time the back-to-back tuesday wednesday i don't see how i'm going to be able to continue to make that a a weekly thing well at the same time i've got next week off to kind of reevaluate and uh, recharge which is good but I'm what I anticipate happening is keeping the hump day bloggerama as a weekly show and then just kind of making the uh, top three Tuesdays either bi-weekly or just on occasion or maybe there'll be some back-to-backs but just not making that to where it's a it's a guarantee that every Tuesday that's going to happen I just don't know what else, how else to do it because the five minute Friday doesn't never take me too much time. I mean, I might have to get together with my daughter on a Willie the Wizard, but uh, just the nature of those being shorter, it's easier for me to do. And then um, I always have time for the the Sunday show because my wife and daughter aren't really up yet, and I'm getting up and it's fresh in my mind, and I, I I don't have to do much prep or anything because I'm just talking about my previous game, so. Um, and some of y'all might be like froth preps when you listen to these, <laughs> but anyway, I, uh, I want to continue bringing as much content as I can, but if I, I lock myself in this weekly thing and I don't always have that time, uh, kind of those Monday nights and Tuesday nights to, to put this stuff together. It's just hard to, to make that a weekly thing. Um, and when she goes back to school, I know that might change again. So We'll see. Um, you can definitely count on Hump Day Bloggerama, um, and then you know, Top Three Tuesday might become a little bit more sporadic. That's where I'm thinking it's going now. But um, I'm hoping this gets done with enough time for you to still enjoy it at work, or if not, maybe you can save it for tomorrow. And I hope that uh, when you listened to the Top Three Tuesday, that it had your call in there. I had to edit it um, later today because getting your call, this call actually prompted me to, to, to see that again and get my stuff together. So I appreciate you tremendously, Mr. Yoder. Hope you're having a great day at work. Hey, Froth, it's Joe, man. What's going on, dude? I just had a call. I started 
busting up when you broke out that YouTube quote, dude. That shit cracked me up. I was in the middle of dinner, and oh, dude. So thank you for that, man. That was a great, great laugh. Uh, also, dude, like your hump day blogorama has got to be some super intense work, dude. And I think it probably would be a good idea if you took that down to, you know, every other week or something like that, dude. Uh, yeah. Cause I mean, the amount of work you must put in on those has got to be pretty, pretty, pretty staggering, man. So just, yeah, that's my two cents, dude. Um, and as far as whatever dude being stupid enough to let his own name out there when he's a shit poster all the time, like, I love it when bad things happen to bad people. It's one of the joys in my life. Maybe I should be more forgiving, but I'm not. So peace out. Joe Richter there from the Wheeler Woe podcast. Joe, thank you for calling in. And I'm glad you got the U2 reference. <laughs> and um, I tried, you know, I've talked several times about my struggles with the Anchor app lately. I tried several times to um, leave you a message back or regarding the Illuminatus trilogy, the messages you left me about there. I'm glad you're enjoying it. Sorry to hear that they've switched uh, to a different narrator for the second book, but uh, push through it because it's, uh, it's, it really builds to, to a, a wonderful, uh, some wonderful stuff at the end. Um, and yeah, you know, uh, this, this person's, he, Joe makes reference to the final topic last week, which is about, uh, somebody that basically ran this hateful troll blog site, uh, kind of outing themselves. And again, yeah, I, I, I don't, uh, I don't really consider it doxing when uh, someone outs themselves and, um, you know, that karma wheels will spin on you. You put that much evil and hate out there. Sometimes it turns around and, and bites you. So, um, anyway, I appreciate you listening. Thanks for calling in and, uh, keep listening to that Illuminatus and let me know what you think. Hey, Froth, it's Liren. You know, that guy who outed himself, I really do feel sorry for him. I mean... I don't think that's doxing when he outed himself. That's certainly true. But I also think that the illusion of anonymity online really needs to be broken because the truth of the matter is, in lots and lots of cases, people can figure out who you are or who you might be. And the problem is that if you're spreading hate and discontent, at some point, you're going to do it to someone who is invested in putting in the time and effort to figure out who you are. So I don't have a whole bunch of sympathy for that guy, but I sincerely hope whoever he was, he learned his lesson. That's Liren there from Updates from the Middle of Nowhere. And I'm really glad you called in, Liren, because I, I, you know, you would be one person that I would be curious what your opinion was on the matter. And I don't really have anything to add. I think you stated it. Um, you know, I, I really appreciated what you had to say. And I, I did also have some, I don't know if it's exactly sympathy, maybe just pity on this person, you know, it's just to spend that much time and effort on just on, on being negative. It's just, it's just a wild way to spend your time. It's a wild way to spend your life. Um, and as far as being anonymous online and everything. Yeah. I mean, it's scary, not just for, uh, you know, people that are awful. That, that's not really scary. I mean, that's kind of just desserts and, but it, it, for, for anybody, you know, you've got to be 
cautious about it. Like my daughter, I mean, for her Girl Scouts and everything, they're working on these badges, you know, for just knowledge of, uh, you know, social media and, uh, online predators and, and all this kind of stuff. And, uh, you know, identity theft and, and everything else. Uh, you know, the idea that you're, uh, some ghost out there, yeah, that, uh, should definitely be dispelled. And, uh, it reminds me of this funny meme that I saw where it was like, it was something like, you know, showing the old days and people were really, you know, scared about their privacy or whatever. And then it's got this girl talking to her Alexa or whatever saying, you know, you know, they're, they're scared in the old days about like being wiretapped. And then it's got, uh, her, uh, then modern day, someone talking to their Alexa saying, Hey, wiretap, where can I buy, you know, where can I buy the best tomatoes? You know, just like talking to the wiretap, you know? And for me, like, I don't, I'm not that big of a, I use a VPN and everything, so I don't want my my uh, history tracked or sold. But at the same time, I don't opt out of a lot of things because I don't mind advertising being more like tailored to me, even though I know that's kind of giving up some level of freedom or whatever, you know. But I, I just feel like... Uh, or, you know, some people won't want to use their GPS or anything, but I kind of like that, you know, if something were to happen that people could track me down or something, <laughs> maybe I watch too many crime shows, but anyway, I, that's a whole different discussion for a different day, but I, I was interested in what you had to say. So thanks for the call in. All right, so let's get into the maps. I'm a big fan of RPG cartography and cartographers, and so I, I typically will uh, will start uh, with the maps on these shows. And uh, so we're going, let's see, we're going to do three names that y'all have heard before if you've listened to the show. We're going with Simon Forster, who uh, does there has done these books Book of Lairs series uh, you, that are available on Lulu? They blog over at theskyfulofdust.co.uk. Also, Dyson Logos from DysonLogos.blog and Matt Jackson at msjx.org. And the three of them are uh, three of my favorite OSR mappers. Um, Simon put up this um, post Raven Scar Part Three talking about their home campaign. And they show these amazing uh, maps they use for their own games. So these hand-drawn maps. And one thing I love about Simon is that they use or is their, uh, Simon's use of color. I'm going to have to turn my notifications off after this. Uh, the second I start doing this, I start dinging and clicking and whirring. But I, I'd featured one of these a few weeks ago, uh, these home maps from uh, Simon's home game. And I, I just love this one, this hand-drawn map from their Raven Scar campaign. So check that out. Then Dyson did something really interesting, uh, working off uh, some ideas from the Dungeoneer Survival Guide, one of these AD&D books that, for me, is most notable for its use of uh, non-weapon proficiencies. But there's some interesting ideas in the Wilderness and the Dungeoneer Survival Guide. It really kind of depends on how detailed and granular you want to make your game. You know, do you do you really want temperatures, for example, to matter? Do you really want to get into the nitty-gritty of climbing, or do you want to hand-wave it? I'm usually more of a hand-waving person, but it still makes for interesting reading, and a lot of the ideas, some of the ideas on weather and things like that, are definitely good to at least put in your brain. 
And the Dungeoneer Survival Guide has got some uh, some interesting kind of proto under underdark ideas that are in there, as well as some like isometric cave mapping and different kind of uh, stuff like that. And so Dyson is doing this uh, kind of isometric cave map that's really cool, and I love that it was inspired and and um, and derived from ideas from the Dungeoneer Survival Guide. So that was a really interesting, unique post from Dyson. You should check that out. And then Matt Jackson, uh, uh, legendary anchorite known for pulling a Jackson, multiple call-ins on a program. Uh, their Patreon must be really doing well because uh, I'm seeing more and more of these Patreon-supported posts coming up on Matt's blog. This one is the Lair of the Mushroom Baron. I love the style of the, the fungus, the mushrooms that I see in this map. And this is a, a great map that you could just easily... Like so many of these, just right-click, save as, and then just design a little one-shot around it. So this immediately went into my uh, my map files, and so maybe it'll go into yours as well. All right, so a few reviews and retrospectives to talk about. I'm starting over at Rigor and Reverie, rigorandreverie.blogspot.com. This is Ulibos' blog. They're talking about an interesting OSR adventure called Spiral Isles. And this is a good-looking hardback. It's like a landscape um, uh, orientation. And it's got a kind of a unique and interesting um, idea behind it. It's a point-crawl adventure. And the whole idea of it is that it's something to use. Like if you have a TPK, well, it's your party can adventure in the Spiral Isles, which is kind of where you go when you die or an afterlife or a uh, purgatory sort of deal. And I thought that was a really clever idea, you know. Yeah, I have a total party wipe, and then, you know, okay, well, time to play Spiral Isles. So, interesting idea. This looks like something I'd be into. The artwork looks great. So, if you want to learn more about this Spiral Isles book, you can go to rigorandreverie.blogspot.com and check that out. Uh, I know that there's some folks out there listening to these that are into wargaming or skirmish games, miniatures, and stuff like that. There's a new product coming out under the Warhammer banner called Warcry, a new skirmish game from Games Workshop. And at Polaroids and PolarBears.co.uk, they're doing an unboxing video of that, so you can see what that's all about. So um, check that out if you're interested. Uh, Tim Brannan over at The Other Side blog, theotherside.timsbrannan.com, did an unboxing and review of the new D&D Essentials kit. I bought this, I you know, had to, but I still haven't even opened it, but it looks awesome, but I just haven't had an opportunity to use it yet. So I just haven't even cracked it open, but I like that there's, um, you know, it's got the full scale part, uh, character creation rules in here. And then some use of cards and stuff like that. It's not something I typically do. So, um, it's something I, I, I would definitely try to do. And, um, you know, my daughter right now, what I've run for her, we're, we're kind of do, uh, Frankenstein D&D, but it's really more or less based around Labyrinth Lord. The reason I did that is because we started it with um, Stonehell, and I didn't want to have to crack open any extra books to find unique magic items or spells or anything. But now that we've moved on to the Salt Marsh trilogy, and I've had to pull out some AD&D, uh, maybe once we get done with salt marsh and everything. Maybe I'll kind of graduate her to five E for a little bit and see if she likes that. And if I do that, it'll, it'll probably be with the essentials kit. But anyway, um, Tim's always doing a good job over at the other side. So if you want to see some good pictures of it, if you haven't picked it up yet, get a really good idea of what you're getting with this new D and D essentials kit. You can go over there and check that out. 
Then there was a review at burnafterrunningrpg.com. The Burn After Running blog did an unboxing and review of The Legend of the Five Rings Beginner Game. Game that I'm not really familiar with at all, but my goodness, the the pictures uh, looks amazing. Like the production quality uh, product of the of the starter set box looks really nice. Some tokens and really evocative maps, kind of um, bringing that Japanese feudal setting sort of thing to to life. Uh, looks really cool. Might have to swing by the game shop and maybe pick this one up just based on some of these images alone and this is a good uh, review that gives you an idea about the game and everything i know that it's been out for a while and has have has had uh, multiple iterations so um this this legend of the five rings beginner game box looks like a winner to me see if you agree by going over to burn after running rpg.com and then finally at the ludoverse l-u-d-o-v-e-r-s-e ludoverse.blogspot.com robbie's blog over here this kind of a retrospective sort of review on this game from the early nineties called legendary lives. And, um, th- this looks like something, it's kind of one of these forgotten games that I, I'd like to check out sometime and a kind of a good detailed review of it kind of cast it as a fantasy heartbreaker, like a D 100 deal. Um, and the artwork is kind of a little bit amateurish. So it kind of like anytime I see a sort of amateur looking art, I might, interest you know peaks uh, you know my ears peak up because i like that kind of stuff i like these weird kind of obscure games so if you want to read about this legendary live second edition game um you can go over and check that out over at the ludiverse.blogspot.com and now a word from our sponsors all right let's do some random tables You know, there's so many random tables every week that I'm, I can't cover them all. I mean, there's probably, you know, nine or 10 most weeks. So I try to just pick, you know, three or four of them and, uh, and spread it out because sometimes it'll be the the same folks that do them every week. But, uh, I got some good ones this week starting over at box full of boxes, box full of boxes.blogspot.com. This is box in a boxes blog. It's called, Hey, what's in this weird book? Uh, it's talking about ancient tomes, you know, you might find uh, and everything. And uh, you use this table to try to find out some details about it. So first we're going to try to find out who authored this strange, weird book here. And it's the work of a deity, saint, or otherwise somehow divine in origin. So allegedly authored by a deity or perhaps a saint. What form does the book take? It is, uh, it is, the form is tangles of intricate ropes and beads in a language that may not still be known, maybe read in the dark. So yeah, that sounds like it fits with the deity and, uh, or weird saint or whatever. What kind of lore is inside this weird book? Prophecies relating to D4. Prophecies relating to. Lost my place. The end of the world. Okay, so that fits with the deity. Is it trapped or does it have guardians? The work itself is famous. While there's no one specifically looking for it, the very news of it changing hands may attract unwanted attention to those that now have it. So yeah, so this is a really cool, definitely give you some plot. You know, it's not just a... um, 
the kind of table that just gives you, you know, this random book you find. You can really build a plot hook or adventure off of these things. So go and check that out. It's got tables for a bunch of different things to do with a weird book you might find in your game. That's over at boxfullofboxes.blogspot.com. Then I like this one, Sheshnaga, blogging over at the Pathika blog, P-A-T-H-I-K-A blog.com. And it says, Random Melee Weapon Generation Table for D&D Style Games. And this is more uh, geared towards um, 5e. But um, uh, it's kind of almost like, you know, roll your own kind of magic weapon or weapon with um, um, different properties or whatever. So let's see what we get. First, what kind of weapon? This is going to be a lance. And then I can roll, what is this, a D100? Yeah, D100 traits for the different weapon types. So that's nice. And uh, 20. It's oversized, so well, Lance would be anyway. Let's do another one of these. Uh, what kind of weapon? A short sword. That is... Impressive looking. This weapon looks bad as hell. Rolls to impress or intimidate using this weapon have advantage. And it's worth an extra 50 gold piece, so... Uh, you intimidate somebody with it. You got this badass short sword with maybe like a dragon in the hilt or, or, or something like that. Um, you get a bonus to intimidate. So, again, like the mechanics are all kind of tied to 5e. So if you're into 5e, you might want to check this out. I liked a lot of these traits. There's a, a hundred of them that you could use um, to make uh, for you some unique weapons. And then finally, going over to Luke K's blog over at Sorcery and Skullduggery. Sorceryandskullduggery.blogspot.com. D100 Curious Treasures. I love this because uh, this is something that everybody can always use. You know, you find some gold or whatever, but then what about the bric-a-brac? You know, what about the trinkets and stuff that, that are also always, um, you know, also present? Um, sometimes it can be hard to come up with something on the fly. And, uh, like I'll have this problem when, when my players will find a storage room, you know, and it's like, then they start asking, well, what's in the barrels, you know, what's laying around. And it's kind of like, uh, well, uh, beans and flour and rice, you know, and I don't know how many times I've had to just rely on, you know, beans and flour and rice or whatever. So here's some other ideas that you can find mixed into a treasure. Let's see. Um, an ancient elven helmet with a mask visor decorated with horns. Or perhaps a crystal ball filled with mercury. Or maybe a wooden statue of a one-eyed owl. I love this. These are good. And uh, we'll do one more. A small vial of unicorn horn powder. There you go. So there's a hundred of these. Great table. You can copy-paste to make your own document or just print this to PDF. It's just a good random flavor kind of table to use uh, to mix into your treasure uh, troves. D100 Curious Treasures. Good stuff from Luke K. Over at sorceryandskullduggery.blogspot.com. Com, com. In my continuing efforts to ruin the hobby, I am going to present you all with some more free stuff this week. So, you know, let's ruin the RPG industry, everybody. Over at uh, Nate Treem's blog from Highland Paranormal Society. Nate Treem, very creative individual. Love following Nate, seeing what they're up to. NateTreem.com. I saw them doing this on Twitter. I didn't participate because I didn't have time to really think about it. But Nate was uh, doing this Twitter wizard spellbook. So it's like 100 spells crowdsourced from um, uh, folks on Twitter. 
Nate says it was fun to see spells written from people by, uh, with different gaming backgrounds, OSR, 5e, story games, etc. And it's got a link where you can download this from a Google uh, from a Google Drive. You know, you could download it as a Word doc or just save it as a PDF and have a D100 Twitter Twitter Wizard Spellbook tome. So 100 spells crowdsourced from Twitter from Nate Treem over at natetream.com. Very cool. And then I could have put this under mapping, but I didn't. I put it under the free stuff. Frugal GM is posting about uh, two-minute tabletop, um, which is a uh, kind of a a, a mapper, a, or a, that's I guess the name of their map um, company. Let's see if it's got uh, a two-minute tabletop posts their real name over at their Patreon. I don't, yeah, Ross, okay, and so the thing I love about these maps is that they're not trying to be super realistic, they're obviously hand-drawn, and they've got kind of a, um, an artistic, um, not impressionistic, I don't know, a unique, unique style, and I used one of, uh, Ross's from Two Minute Tabletop's maps in my, um, my night below game for like a river map and it was just so cool and hand-drawn with bright colors and everything and every player uh really responded to it they're like oh cool map cool map and all of these maps are that way and you know they make them available for free or you can tip you know and they're they have a patreon and uh they're doing really well they got almost 1800 patrons wow and uh they've made these hand-drawn town and city assets available for free so you can you can download these and make your own maps out of them. So um, don't just stop there. Look at all this two-minute tabletop stuff if you're not already aware of it. Uh, really awesome stuff, and it was cool of the Frugal GM to, to bring it up again. So if you want to download some, some cool mapping stuff and then check out just these really uh, nice, unique styles, uh, unique styled maps from Two Minute Tabletop, uh, check it out. And then I wanted to mention Matthew Schmier over at Rended Press, rendedpress.blogspot.com. Matthew's done a lot over the years to kind of codify and uh, and uh, track zines. Uh, the Rended Press um, kind of zine archive is maybe the best that you can find. Um, it's not just OSR zines, but zines for all different iterations of D&D and other games. And while it, you know, it may not be complete, it's probably as complete as you will find. And there are just so many zines out there that there, you know, it's got hundreds of them on there. So, uh, I, I've always appreciated Matthew for, for maintaining that and everything, but Matthew's been putting up these, uh, zines of their own, the toss off, um, zine. And they're usually just one or two little pages. And Matthew's really self deprecating about it. Like on this one, toss off issue six. They say, here's another issue of my worthless little zine, but I don't think these are worthless. I love these. And you can follow the links from the different posts. You know, it's got a tag on there. It says toss off and download all six of these, but I really like these and you put them all together and it adds, uh, you know, you end up with some, some, uh, cool, some unique ideas, some good hooks for your games and some other good ideas. So while Matthew might, uh, like I say, be doing the self-deprecating thing, calling it worthless, I'm not calling it worthless, so check out the toss-off zine, issue six, and then follow that tag so you can get the rest of them. And then uh, while you're there, go over and follow the link on their um, uh, blog to the old school zines, and you will have a huge list of all these different zines. I mean, it is 
on and on and on. And I mean, it's got stuff like that you might not have thought about, like World of Darkness zines, um, zines for SLA Industries and Shadowrun and Mutants and Masterminds and all these other kind of games too. So um, if if you're into zines and you haven't spent any time over at Rended Press looking at that old school zine list, um, I highly advise it. It's probably the best uh, list you're going to find, certainly that I've ever found as far as uh, seeing a bunch of different links and zines in one place. Some cool miscellaneous stuff this week. Um, some of y'all might, rem- long-time listeners may uh, remember um, uh, me talking about um, these folks using this AI, uh, artificial intelligence neural network deal to um, uh, to generate some gaming stuff. And over at Dark Worm Cult, uh, Dark Worm Cult, this is Norbert Matosh. I hope I'm pronouncing Norbert's last name correctly. Norbert Matosh's blog. And uh, they mentioned that they, uh, it's called AI and OSR. I had a neural network create hex descriptions. This is what happened. And they took a few of Arnold K from uh, Goblin Punch, the Goblin Punch blog's hex descriptions, and then asked the neural network to spin that tail further. And it came up with these cool, like, hex descriptions. One of them, um, uh, a band of trolls who, since they are evil, use fire as a weapon of destruction. They live in an unbreakable they live in an unbreakable wall of flames that makes everything inside it unlivable or impossible to reach, so there's not even a bridge and no way to cross it. And that sounds interesting, and then you realize that a computer came up with that, and it's like, holy crap, that's really cool. So uh you're gonna you can check out uh you know, computers are gonna be, you know, Robots and everything will be taking a lot of uh, manufacturing jobs and farming jobs, and then it might take your RPG designer job <laughs> as well. So I thought this was just really interesting. You want to see this uh, these uh, hex descriptions that a uh, neural network came up with. You go over to darkwormcult.blogspot.com and check that out. Over at blackgate.com, uh, the Adventures in Fantasy Literature uh, blog, they put up a, a post that I thought was interesting to read, and it's kind of... Um, uh, about the kind of the death of, um, or the decline of reading, um, uh, framed in fantasy, um, you know, as far as like a love of fantasy literature. And they're talking about how they, they don't remember a night that their mom wasn't reading Agatha Christie or something when they grew up and how they grew up loving these pulp books and, and all this, and then how it's just kind of dying and there's less and less reading. And, and it's sad because I, I, I may have mentioned before, but my mom loves to tell how I, when I was little, I, I didn't go to bed with stuffed animals. I, I'd have, you know, just 50 books, you know, in my bed. I was always a voracious reader. And uh, with the times changing and everything being digitalized and all this, it's harder and harder really to encourage um, kids to read. I mean, my daughter likes to read, um, but it's not that deep you know, despite reading to her, despite, you know, trying everything we can, you know, it's not that deep love of books. And it's because there's, there's more than just books out there. You know, she's got a tablet, she's got phone, she'll listen sometimes to audiobooks, she'll watch shows, she'll, and then just do other creative things or whatever. But, you know, she's got all these things at her fingertips and it's not as much, um, you know, it's not as much just about the books anymore. Whereas for me growing up, you know, you know we did have the Atari, but uh, there was always the 
the the love of of, of books, um, and I always have you know books on the table, books on my side table, books on the little side table by my bed. I've got books in every room that I can rotate through reading, and it's just you know part of who I am, and it's part of obviously who uh, this person doing the Blackgate blog is. But it's just uh, one of the kind of sad things it says is uh, you know. Um, there are less and less of us on the road each year. There aren't enough youthful travelers to replace us. One day soon, the road will be overgrown with vegetation and forgotten. And um, for now, it is enough to forget the ugliness of politics and the anger of the anonymous online bully and escape into the fantasy worlds of the past and live in utopia once more. So this is a real, kind of a really well-written post, kind of a requiem on uh, the, the golden age of, of fantasy literature and uh, and just reading in general, and I thought it was worth noting and taking a look at. I don't do enough sometimes, I think, to highlight really great artists. I mean, I talk about cartographers and everything, but maybe not enough to to, to talk about great artists. And so I'm just going over to dragonbones.net because this post caught my eye. Gnome Magic User Commission. And let me see. Um, does it have the person's name? That would be helpful to... Let me go to about. I uh, just listed as Matt. But Matt is a really talented artist. Um, let me just try again. Just one more place to see if for some reason I can. Uh, I can't find any name other than Matt. But Matt over at Dragon Bones. Dragonbones.net put up this image for a no magic user commission and I love it. First of all, it's great. I got the image up on the thought eater blog, but what's really cool is it goes through their kind of sketches to work up to it and, um, little details and stuff they wrote in the margin and a few different action shots of this magic user. And, uh, I thought the artwork was just absolutely fantastic. Love it. And, uh, this might be someone, if you're working on a future project, and you're looking for a, an illustrator, uh, you might want to give Matt a line because I love the um, originality here. And and uh, so it's just a really cool image of a no magic user. Thought I'd highlight an artist there over at dragonbones.net. Check out Matt's work. And then something else is cool at the Elthos RPG blog, elthosrpg.blogspot.com. This is VB Weird. Uh, and they are, um, talking about their game Elthos, but they they put up a post, their first print ad for Elthos. And what I liked about it was a spin on Talislanta. You know, Talislanta is famed for having these ads in Dragon Magazine about still no elves or, you know, their whole shtick was no elves in Talislanta. And this one's a take on that. It says no more hobgoblins. We hear you. You hate some. So as GM, why not create your own world without them? In fact, create any kind of world you can imagine. Go ahead. So it's like, uh, instead of no more elves, it's no more hobgoblins. I thought that was just a funny, kind of clever ad, uh, kind of a take on the classic Talislanta stuff. You can check that out. Uh, I put an image up on the Thought Eater blog. You can check out more about the Elthos RPG at elthosrpg.blogspot.com. And Kay Trey over at D4Caltrips, blog.d4caltrips.com. Usually talking about K Trey for uh, random tables, but increasingly I'm talking about their other posts too. They put up one Safari Card Monster Manual, and this was a real trip down memory lane because I remember these. They ha they had these in our school, these Safari cards, and these were like these cards. I put up an image on the Thought Eater blog where it'll have an image of an animal, 
and um, and then kind of an image of the terrain that they're in, and then it shows like a world map that's got highlighted where they were at. And I had forgotten about these, but I completely they all came flooding back when uh, I saw this post, and I really enjoyed these. And uh, we had them in our science class and everything, and um, uh, you know, it takes me back to you know elementary school or whatever, and. They're talking about using this kind of format for a monster manual, which I think is brilliant. Somebody needs to do this. Um, it, it would be a great format for a monster manual. So I thought that was a really cool idea. If you need some uh, prompting to remember what these look like, or maybe you're not as old as old froth and uh, I've never seen these before, take a look at it. But the graphic design really lends itself to being... Uh, uh, usable for uh, for RPGs for monster manuals. So check that out at blog.d4caltrips.com. Okay, so for the final topic today, uh, this is kind of inspired by a post over at dungeonsolvers.com, and it's called "The Pros and Cons of Playing on a Virtual Tabletop." So we're talking about playing, you know, online games and pros. They mention flexible scheduling, creating impressive-looking battle mats for cheap using pre-made content, uh, and then cons, being unable to read the room, more potential distractions, might require more prep, that sort of thing. And I just wanted to say, for me, virtual tabletops is a miracle. I mean, I don't even know, like, it is a lifesaver for me, because when I got back into RPGs, uh, one game that I that got me back into it, face to face game, only lasted a few sessions, and then it was like, "What the hell do I do now?" Uh, got into another game, it, it died after a few sessions, you know. And it was like, "Okay, well, maybe the solution is I'll just rerun all these myself." I had problems where it was, you know, started with like six players and then dwindled down to three, and kept that going for almost, you know, maybe almost two years with the three players, but. Even that then died when people took other jobs or whatever. You know, so it's not enough just to run a game yourself sometimes. It's finding the players. And then if you do the whole game shop thing, you know, it adds a lot of inconvenience to it. You're taking, you know, maybe 30 minutes to get there. Or so, you know, it just adds a lot of time and, and everything to it. Now, I much prefer to play face-to-face. -face. I think I do. Although there are some benefits to playing on a VTT that I'll that I'll mention, but I can honestly say if it was not for virtual tabletops coming out, starting with the one I used, uh, it was just called the RPG table online. It was one that wizards tried to launch for fourth edition. And we were using it for not only fourth edition, but other games and played the living hell out of that VTT. And it was great and had a great community of one shot and people running one shots and everything and got to play more on that than I ever would have gotten to play face-to-face -face as far as 4th uh, edition went. And uh, as that died, you know, I went to Roll20. I've been on there for years. And, um, and I've also gotten to play some on Fantasy Ground. So without a virtual tabletop being able to play online, I would not play nearly. I mean, I, I, who knows? I mean, I might not even really almost be playing Harley at all. Cause every time I try to get a game together, or whatever, it's usually just ends up, I would have to frame it as a one shot because just people can't be consistent. When you're playing online, you open yourself up to such a wider player pool that now I've found players that I've been playing with for a decade or so. And, and, um, uh, and we're, we're close and solid and it's a solid group and I've got, you know, rock solid players. Um, 
whereas uh, everything I've other try to do, you know, face to face, no matter where it's been with what group, we'll have a little luck for a minute and then it falls apart. So uh, for me, I, I mean, I love, I, I can't tell you, you know, there is no downside strong enough to outweigh the, the positives, you know, sure. Maybe you can't read the room or maybe somebody's on their phone a little bit, but, uh, beats the hell out of not playing or just having your game fall apart over and over. And, uh, there are other things about it too. Like when it mentions creating impressive looking battle mats for cheap, amen, you know, uh, I can just upload uh, any of these maps that I download or talk about on here all the time and use them. Whereas a uh, face-to-face game, sure, I've got a battle mat. I've got um, a bunch of tiles. I've got a bunch of resources I can use. But uh, when I'm running something published and want to use that map, if it's not something that comes with it, you know, I've spent a small fortune running one uh, thing for a fourth edition where I, I got the stuff printed out to nice card stocked where I could make you know, for miniature scales and, uh, and it just was expensive and everything else. Whereas, you know, for running Ravenloft online, I just was able to build my own maps and and have Ravenloft there for basically nothing but the time it took to do it. It's just a great way to be able to also, you know, and, and I've mentioned before, it can be difficult, but there are certain games that I've gotten to play online that I never would have probably gotten to play face-to-face unless I ran it myself and it would have been pulling teeth to try to find players to do it. So, you know, I don't know what y'all's experience is. I imagine it's probably universally positive. I have on occasion seen some people, you know, opine about VTTs, but to me, I think it's one of the best things out there for the hobby. I mean, I think it's the best, you know, maybe uh, maybe it doesn't get said enough, but it's probably the single most important evolution of RPGs, the ability to integrate it with the internet and connect to other players online. Um, that has gone further than any game shop or convention ever has as far as bringing more people together to play games. So, uh, this is really kind of more interest in praise of VTTs than anything else. Um, I also do like it mentions flexible scheduling, you know, it's no doubt, you know, even if you're trying to run a game in a game shop or a library, public place, you're still working on their schedule. And then you can just hop on and, and play. You don't have to, you know, do any kind of travel or getting together, whatever. It's kind of like, uh, <laughs> I think Hobbs is talking about the Kalamata. He put up a rule, you know, you have to be wearing pants or something, <laughs> making a Cody M reference. I don't know exactly what happened with that. I think it's just a joke, but, uh, that's kind of anchorite humor. But anyway, what do you think about VTTs? Oh, and you know, the other thing I want to mention, you can get as complex as you want with it. Like I completely ignore the dynamic lighting. I just kind of open the map and approximate it based on, on site. But you know, you can get going with the dynamic lighting on the, like fantasy grounds. It's got all these additional tools and complexity and stuff to it that you can use. And I've played with GMs that are really good at using it. And it really makes for uh, an experience that you couldn't even really have at a face-to-face table, if, even if you wanted to. Now, nothing will be better than the actual feeling of rolling the dice yourself. That is the one thing you cannot get from a VTT. Certainly also hanging around, having the snacks and seeing people's faces and all that is nice. But the main drawback is the feeling of the dice in your hand and rolling the dice. Now, that is something that can't be captured. But 
when I think of all the trade-offs, when I think of all the games that I've gotten to play online that I never would have gotten to play otherwise, all the extra gaming I've been able to do as a result of it. And in the future, you know, I just think about um, on throughout my life, I fully intend to just keep gaming until I croak. And so, you know, maybe I'll be able to have a, a game going at the old folks' home, but if not, I can get online and play with some young whippersnappers or something, you know. <laughs> But I, 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 I'm, I'm really thankful for the technology that's there, um, uh, the communication, the ability to connect with others and play online. To me, it is nothing short of a blessing. So uh, that's what I wanted to say about that. All right, so that's the show for this week. I want to thank you again very much for listening and checking out the, the sh- my shows, and I uh, hope you enjoyed it. Uh, big thanks to the bloggers out there that um, – you know, provide the fodder and the material for me to work off of talking about this. If you guys go and check out some of the blogs and links that I mentioned on the show, be sure and leave comments and let them know how you enjoyed it. I'm going to go ahead and put out a preemptive call to the OSR Anchorites, other folks listening here on Anchor. You know, I will be out of town next week. The next thing you'll hear from me is a five-minute Friday, and I'll go ahead and give you the topic. I'm going to be talking about doing solo gaming on trips and uh, just solo gaming in general. So I wanted to go ahead and, like I say, put out a preemptive call because I'd love uh, to hear some messages from OSR Anchorites about your experience with solo gaming. If you want to listen to what I put up on Friday and then um, if you want to leave me a message, you know, by like, say, the middle of next week or so while I'm on vacation, I'll still be able to put something out, maybe a call-in episode talking about uh, solo gaming. So just something to keep in mind if you're listening to this, whether you're... uh, doing your own podcast, whether you uh, listen on the Anchor app or want to just leave a message, uh, uh, something that, you know, that'd be awesome. I could, uh, you know, um, do something while I'm on the road. So I'd like to do that. And uh, solo gaming on the road is something that I think is really fun and cool to do. Anyway, um, you can always, uh, on any on that topic or on any of the topics we talked about today, you can message me on the Anchor app. If you can get it to work, I haven't been that lucky with it, but um, you can also send me an email, frothsoft, frothsof at gmail.com. Don't forget all these um, topics and everything I talked about, these links are on the Thought Eater blog. Google Thought Eater blog or go to frothsoftdnd.blogspot.com. Thanks to my patrons backing me on Patreon. I've had a a few new folks joining up recently. I take that as a huge compliment. It's only a dollar a month if you want to support what I do at patreon.com forward slash thought eater. And is there anything else? Oh, yeah. I've still been mentioning this. Anchor hasn't sent me another sponsor, but if you're interested in sponsoring the program, having some kind of advertising or something like on here, that on here, if it's gaming related, uh, let me know. Send me a message or email me. I already mentioned all the contact information and everything else. That's what I got for you. Logan, drop that beat. Zeroing in on your mental trade. Gonna help you escape from the grind. Thought eater gonna blow your mind.